Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Not too bad, yeah, not too bad. Uh, so what have you been playing within the last week? Uh, well, I'm continuing my trend of trying out random games as part of Game Pass. I uh, downloaded uh, Black Desert Online, which is an MMO that I've seen for quite a while. Uh-huh. Um... <clears throat> Sorry. It's uh, not a bad game mechanically. It's very, very limited in role-playing sense because you don't get a whole lot of customization with your character. Okay. Uh, it's kind of frustrating in that sense. Um, and again, at the end of the day, MMOs just really don't work on consoles. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do great on PCs because you got like chat commands and uh, a lot of modifications that you can do. But Yeah, a lot more buttons. On, a lot more buttons, but on a console, it's just it's really limited, so it just kind of hinders things. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, then a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I got some more um, uh, Dead Cells in, played a little bit of that. Got some more Division 2 in, got a little bit of that. I downloaded Everspace, which is a game that I did on trial uh, way back in the day. That's um, a full game now. They're trying to shove a story into a roguelike. Which is can be done, just not very well. Um, this one's okay. I mean, it's space themed, so it's always good to have a good, nice space shooter. Uh, but past that, nothing's really excited me much in terms of gaming. So okay, um, so I'm still doing my playthrough of King of Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, I I got I've gotten to where I'll just say that the first boss that you see. Um, well, the first enemy that you see in the game, it's very hard to kind of talk about it, it without spoiling, which is surprising because the plot isn't all that, like, sort of crazy. But basically, when you see the first villain villain in the game, and you'll know who it is, I've gotten to that particular boss fight and beat him. Um, I was having so much trouble sword fighting him that I looked up, like, some YouTube videos of, like, okay, uh, are anybody, is anybody fighting him a specific way? And then this guy's video who I found um, managed to, because uh, you essentially fight him in this, like, uh, hallway type of area. It's a very enclosed area. Yeah, yeah, but you can, you can like, run back and forth. It's not very, sort of, square, though it's 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 quite, uh, sort of, in width-wise, it's sort of very long. Um, he, basically, what he did is he got his bow and arrow out, and he tried to basically run to one end, shoot him, and then there's this particular like column which you can put in the way in, in between the two of you so when he's trying to hit you and whatever he sort of can or can't do it and he basically did that to where he shot him like five times with an arrow so I thought huh I'll try that you know what have I got to lose die again and start again I suppose um, failed with it the first couple of times um, and then I did this bit where like I was managing to get some like really close shots off him just before he off at him uh, before he like managed to hit me and then there was this weird bit where I was, you know, charging up a shot, I suppose you could say charging, or pulling the string on the bow, whatever, charging up a, a shot, and then he hit me, and as he hit me, I let one of the shots off, and I heard like a t- you know when you hit someone in the game and it sort of gives the t- sound like that? I heard mm-hmm. that sound, and then the screen went blank and it showed loading screen. I was like, okay, so I haven't died. Like, did I beat him? And I think he knocked my bow and arrow shot into his head. <laughs> That could be the only kind of way I could, uh, like, explain sort of what happened. Because I don't think I hit him in, like, the shoulder or the chest or something. I think he knocked my aim 
slightly upward and caused me to shoot him in the head with a bow and arrow uh, and that's up to where I've gotten I think the way that because that, that that bit before that is the first like big army battle you get into where you have like mm-hmm. several troops with you you have bow, you have archer men or whatever uh, bow and arrow men and uh, like this I think it's Sir Radric I think his name is he's giving you commands of like deal with the archers and then we have to go and fight in the church and then circle back around for some reason and do that sort of thing and there were several times where like one of the archers would hit me and I'd start bleeding straight away I think I need to look for new armor because I'm getting hit I'm getting injured I, th- I think too easily uh, although the game does feel slightly more realistic with with some of that stuff um, yeah because I, I managed to put my uh, sword on a grindstone for the first time and like clean that up and stuff and that seemed to do better but um, yeah I still don't feel like I found proper armor so now that I've gotten past that boss battle uh, I think I'm gonna uh, instead of like going straight to the next quest I think I'm gonna try and look at getting some better armor basically to uh, help me in my playthrough uh, one of these uh, guys I saw also on YouTube because you'll get lost with bits and pieces in the game because obviously it's a big open world there's lots of things to do and this guy had like this shield that he could this uh, helmet thing that he could pull down he had the shield and stuff so I think I'm going to look at trying to get uh, some of those sorts of things although in the middle of the battle there was like all these shields being dropped obviously our guys are dying there's a, their guys are dying and they're dropping a bunch of shields I picked one up and I was immediately uh, had too much weight so uh, yeah, I basically just need to go through and sort out my inventory properly, which I think I've been doing. I maybe just need to, to do it again, but a bit more sort of thoroughly. So, because you can wear like quite a lot of different stuff. You can wear like two different things on your chest, two different like, you can wear sometimes like a mini hoodie type of thing with like a helmet. And then you can wear like these gloves with these like wrist um, sort of guards or whatever. There's a lot of different stuff you can sort of put on Henry. Uh, but I just need to sort that out as well. So, h- how far have you gotten up to in the game? Have you gotten uh, up to the bit that I'm describing? Yeah, I've gotten past that. I actually got to what I was called the boring bit. Okay. Um, there's a part where you have to do um, an undercover thing. But the other co- undercover thing, you don't get to be yourself. You basically are a, a fake character. Um, okay. And it's very, very slow in plotting. And it makes you do tasks at a very specific time. And just completely threw the vibe of the game, which is why I, I kind of got off of the game for a while. Uh-huh. Um, the part you were talking about, being in that confined area, that's actually a term. It's called kiting. Okay. Like you've got a kite on a string, and that's an old uh, um, MMO trick to where you'll have like two or three characters trying to take down like a bigger opponent. Mm-hmm. And one person will maintain aggro or aggression on... Uh, the main character and just run around in circles while everybody else just kind of peppers them with shots. So that actually, that's an actual throwback, which is kind of weird and cool that that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the part that I'm talking about will probably be like six or seven plot points down the road. So okay, not too far. Yeah. I- I'm wondering where, cause they sort of pitched this guy as the big bad at the start of the game. And I was like, Oh, I've seen him already. I'm fighting him. And I was thinking like, wait a minute, I'm not, close to the end of this game it doesn't feel like um and it sort of felt like i, I don't know because the way i think it's sir Adric again or uh the, the other guy that's with you he sort of explains him as like oh he was just a pawn in this like bigger game and i'm like okay how much story is kind of left here um sort of thing but yeah i just want to get better at the i think i'm good enough at the sword fighting and stuff i just need better armor because i seem to be 
because uh, obviously you can have the bleeding effect where someone hits you a couple of times or whatever and you start bleeding yeah. unless you bandage it which you can't do while you're in the combat uh, yeah that's one of the things that makes it like really realistic in terms of of, of a of like an RPG is like you can't drink potions to get more health in combat. You can't bandage yourself to get more health in combat. Mm -hmm. Now for the battle that you described, since you know you're going into it in advance, there are a couple spots where you can get yourself out of combat. And that's when you definitely want to potion up. Um, Cause there oh, are yeah. regeneration yeah. potions to a sense. And there are like, you know, archery boost potions and other kinds of like boost potions to it. And you definitely want to slam a couple three of those down. Mm -hmm. um, as for the weight, it's, really easy to uh, get yourself unencumbered. Just make sure you transfer everything to your horse. That's one of the things that the game I've been doesn't more, tell you yeah. about. Yeah. Because um, you get given also, a horse shortly before that called Pebbles yeah. or something. So Yeah, um, Pebbles, but if you save up enough money, you can buy better horses that carry way more weight. But you definitely want to get to the point to where, unless it's like a potion that you need and you never really need more than two or three of them at a time, everything goes to the horse or everything goes into your trunk which you can get to any place where you sit down and rest mm -hmm. uh, with a bed. Yeah. Uh, so you just that, and that's why I also brought up the uh, the herb uh, talent leg day, so that you can pick constantly pick herbs to sell for money, but then you actually gain strength by doing that. So you got to find ways to up your strength a lot because your carry weight is everything in that game. So mm -hmm. there was also multiple times during that fight, and I haven't had a chance to check where I did some like and arrow kills and it said I think like twice oh your your bow skills have gone up and you've unlocked a new perk and then mm -hmm. there was like some defense stuff that got um perked up and then there was um, some sword fighting stuff and I didn't have because I literally finished that battle finished the cutscene and then I uh, wanted to basically take a break so I just saved it after that so I, yeah just need to have a look at my uh player stats in my inventory and kind of sort things out yeah and anytime it go. says you've got a new perk always up that perk yeah yeah so, um, yeah, that's kind of my further, I guess, impressions of um, King Kingdom Come Deliverance. Uh, it's a difficult game at certain points. It certainly is difficult. But um, I think the plot is, like, kind of interesting and stuff. So, um, And I do like the sword fighting. Although, no one gets, like, cut in the game or stabbed. <laughs> um, which I find kind of strange at certain points. Uh, like, when you're, when you're hitting a guy, it's, just, it's as if you're hitting him with, like, a stick or something. It's uh, a little bit strange, but it's fine. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there are points when you stab them and they'll kind of like hunch over a bit to yeah. show that they have been injured, but yeah. you don't really see like dismemberments or anything like that. No, no, nothing like that. Um, yeah, uh, Days Gone, I've continued to uh, mess about with the, what's it, the horde mode stuff. Um, it's just a case of tactics with that. Like, what you really need to do is get the zombies all like climbing on top of each other. Uh, on like certain buildings and stuff and then either, either throw a molotov or a grenade or lead them to a like barrel of some kind that's around the map and then shoot that or something so but that that's kind of like okay if I want to just blow up some zombies after doing these like kingdom come deliverance battles I'll jump into days gone for a bit and stuff so yeah that's basically what I've been playing um, I know that Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is out on Friday I think I think it's out on Friday which is also when Comic-Con starts. Actually, Comic-Con starts tomorrow on uh, Thursday. But I think it, like, has more stuff going on Friday and the weekend. Anyway, uh, yeah, Marvel, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is out on Friday. Obviously, it's actually a Switch exclusive, in case, in case some of you, like, forgot or whatever. Um, which is, yeah, a, a good kind of get for Nintendo. Like, a partnership with uh, Marvel in that sort of way. Um, I'm wondering, like, 
Okay, so Ultimate Alliance is Switch exclusive. Spider-Man is PlayStation exclusive, which makes more sense because the whole Sony Spider-Man thing. Um, I'm wondering what they'll if they'll do something with Xbox, like exclusively. I know you've got um, what's it, the Avengers game on the way, but that's going to be PS4 and Xbox. I'm pretty sure. I wonder if they'll do anything exclusive with uh with Xbox. So uh, it's hard telling, just yeah. because. Microsoft. I mean, they've got great relationships with a lot of different studios, mm-hmm. but nothing really on that level to where they would want to have an exclusive. Mm-hmm. I was speaking of like uh, Microsoft and that sort of thing. I was kind of thinking as I was playing Kingdom Come Deliverance of like, okay, so you got is called Warhorse Studios, isn't it? Uh, that makes this game. I could imagine like a Kingdom Come Deliverance two, where Microsoft has purchased. Uh, Warhol Studios and they can just give them a lot more resources because there is certain things in this game that like okay this doesn't work properly or like okay this cutscene looks particularly ugly or stuff like that and if this game had just had either more resources and money or like another six months of development they could have really cleaned some of that stuff up so I was just kind of thinking that as um as I was playing like what about if Microsoft because they're because THQ, like you said, is buying more IP, where Microsoft is buying studios. So buying the IP wouldn't help Kingdom Come Deliverance, because you have to buy the whole thing off of Warhorse Studios. Uh, so yeah, what about if uh, Microsoft could buy a Warhorse and then make a Kingdom Come Deliverance too? Do you think that would make the game better? Probably. Uh, I mean, it would definitely make it a little bit cleaner in yeah. the sense that you know it's got that going for it. But past that, I mean, it, it was a good game. I really liked it. It's just. It was very clear that it needed more polish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there's that. Um, cool. I think that's all the stuff that we've been playing. Let's move into some housekeeping. Let you know what else, we, else we've been podcasting on. We'll see you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes, and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so a whole bunch of stuff recently, a whole bunch of different discussion topics. Um, Two for DC, which were last week, which was discussing the future of the DC Universe, which we now know will likely be heading to HBO Max, with the whole Warner Media uh, streaming service that they got going on. Um, And then discussing, um, of course, the DCEU's future, but specifically with Justice League 2, and mathematically when we could sort of get one, and all that sort of stuff involving all of course the uh, six different cast members that are in and out or something in between uh with the dceu so i discussed that uh last week on gaming talk what did we talk about last week oh yeah the nintendo switch Lite. we talked about um the cuphead show which is obviously the cuphead video game develops into a tv show which we'll be discussing some more of that stuff here in a bit uh and we talked about the lord of the rings mmo rpg as well was it last week we did the games with golden ps plus i think that was the week yeah. before wasn't it 
I yeah. Think, yeah, I think that was the week before where you had uh, Pro Evolution swapped out for uh, Detroit and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, go and grab your games with gold and your PS Plus and all that sort of stuff. Of course, you can get um, games, uh, Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass for... It's, it's a pound, isn't it, or a dollar for the uh, Ultimate Game Pass thing that you can get at the moment. So, go and grab that. I grabbed it myself as well. I've tried out a few games, which I forgot to list, and I'll talk about those next week. So... Uh, there's that. I did a couple of other discussion pieces talking about Netflix and why they have the international advantage uh, in the streaming wars and everything else that's going to be going on with that. Um, I did, <coughs> excuse me, a review of Stranger Things season three for Netflix. Of course, spoiler free and spoiler split, so you can go ch- go and check that out. If if you have or haven't seen the, the third season, you can still check that podcast out. Uh, I did a quick podcast on The Handmaid's Tale and discussing its current situation, how I feel about it. And all that sort of stuff. Uh, I also talked about Spider-Man and the um, news and rumours discussing uh, his future with Sony and Marvel. Or both. Or maybe one. We'll have to wait and see. Um, It's all to do with Far From Home and how much money it makes. All that sort of stuff. But I discussed that as well. Um, What else did we do? Pennyworth. The um, following in kind of the footsteps of Gotham. Which was of course the Bruce Wayne Batman prequel. Uh, Pennyworth is going to be taking a look at the butler, uh, Alfred Pennyworth of course, uh, hired by of course Thomas and Martha Wayne from the Wayne family, all that sort of stuff, uh, and they're doing a series called Pennyworth, it's going to be on Epics in the US, I don't know if that's a paid, is that a paid channel in the US, because I have no I'm idea. I'm not even so. familiar with it, so I actually have to do some research on it. Okay, um, but yeah, it's going to be on Epics in the U- US, I uh, don't know if you have to pay for that, I don't know if it's free to air, I don't know. Um, but in the UK, hopefully on the next day, because it'll be starting on the 28th of July, which will be a Sunday for the US on Epics. And then uh, Stars Play UK, which is an add-on for Amazon Prime. So if you get Amazon Prime, which I just signed up for again a couple of days, or yesterday, a couple of days ago. And then you get Stars Play UK, which is an add-on. It costs like £5, I think. Uh, you can get that, and you can hopefully, hopefully you can watch it weekly from Monday the 29th. They haven't confirmed if it's weekly or box it, I don't know. But hopefully it'll be a box hit. But anyway, I did a preview podcast for the um, mini-series, which it's going to be, and discussed everything going on with that. Um, we had the uh, Emmy nominations yesterday, which I watched live and did a podcast on. Um, and they had, uh, I think it's Ken Jong from, from Community, played Chang. And then they have, of course, Darcy Carden from Barry and The Good Place. They hosted the uh, Emmy nomination awards, not the... Uh, they had they hosted the uh, nominations, not the awards. The actual awards are in September, but they uh, announced who's been nominated. So if you want to watch me um, listen to that or whatever, you can do that as well. Um, and the last last thing that we did was an updated episode for the United Cast, which is episode six, um, which was for uh, yeah talking about the transfers that Man United have done so far, the ones that we're rumored to do, and then the ones that we didn't actually end up doing or whatever, <laughs> and the uh, fixtures so far for the season. Uh, and that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org or on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. What would you like to talk about today? Alrighty, um, well, if you uh, were curious as Tetris Effect, which is the uh, PS4 exclusive Tetris game, which is visually very stunning, which I own, 
and very kind of goofy, and I would highly recommend not playing in VR because <laughs> of the visual bloom effect. Yeah, uh, but you don't have a PS4 or you don't have a chance to buy the game. It is coming to PC. Uh, the downside is that it is coming through exclusively through the Epic uh, uh, Store. So if you know people have heard my issues with the Epic Store on the podcast before, um, it's also coming in um, at a weird price too because it's coming in through the store at thirty one ninety nine, which okay. normally it's usually like a dollar or a pound below an even number. Yeah, like a twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, or a thirty nine or whatever. I know for the PS four it retails at uh, at thirty nine ninety nine, but it happened to be on a weird Christmas sale when I picked it up and it was only nineteen bucks, so I'll try anything for half off. Uh, it's like I said, it's a great game. Visually it's just man, it is an explosion of colors. Yeah. I I've... know I know the answer before I even ask this, but have you ever seen the movie Xanadu? No. No. I'd be shocked if he had. It was like late seventies, early eighties, back when the uh, you know backlighting was first starting to become a thing in movies. Um, it's kind of a a take on like a musical. I mean, there's a lot of songs in it. Um, but the reason why I bring it up is that it's very visually like ah, in your face. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so that was that just reminded me of that. So, but yeah, I mean, it comes out on July twenty third. So if you want to check that. Yeah, great. Otherwise, uh, you know, you can just uh, go pass on everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've seen like videos on like my phone or on on YouTube and stuff of the uh, Tetris Effect game, and then knowing that that you can do that in VR, yeah, that's a lot of like stuff happening on a screen. And even though some people like from Game Informer and IGN and kind of funny and all that, all those sites have said like, oh, it's like a you know wonderful, colorful visual sort of spectacle in VR. It also does just look like there's a bit too much going on. And I've said before, now I don't know if Tetris Effect does this because I haven't played the game. I've seen about a minute total of footage, which is enough to get an idea of it. I've said before in um, certain VR games that have white bright loading screens, which you do not need. Um, It's very sort of annoying to have that. Um, I don't know. I'm wondering how Tetris Effect... um, would manage that in VR. Now I know it's not going to be one big bright white light which is what I'm talking about in these loading screens. I know that with this Tetris thing it's like different colors and there's little fireworks going off on the screen and all that sort of stuff. It's it's more like separate colors rather than one big bright light shining in your eyes. Um, I'm kind of wondering how they sort of handle that and and that sort of thing. So um, and yeah other notes to VR developers is if you are going to be making VR games, if you have a loading screen, just make it like a, a black screen, because then it's not like, you know, I can just look at that or whatever as it's loading, there's no need to flash me with different lights, because uh, my head is in there, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's that as well, but um, yeah, it's interesting that it's coming to, to the Epic Store and stuff, and I'm sure some people have, have moaned about that, I still don't quite understand, like, okay, if it's a the Epic Store is something you don't have to pay for. You sign up, you install it and all that, and then you know you pay for the game. But I understand some people might not want to install it and then make a new account and then verify the account and remember the password and then remember that the game's on the Epic Store if you're not used to it and then get used to the layout of Epic Store. You might have some of those kinds of problems, I suppose. Um, I mean, the only thing I've done with the Epic Store on PC is download it and went straight to Fortnite just to see if it worked on my laptop, which it didn't really do so very well. Um, but yeah, what were your kind of thoughts on this? 
Well, my only issue with the Epic Store that I've ever had is that a game will get kickstarted, and part of the kickstarting will be a, a Steam, you know, because it's coming through Steam, and then Epic just throws a bunch of pu- uh, giant pile of money at them. It's just like mine, mm-hmm. and then everything goes to Epic. They don't honor the uh, Kickstarter promises of a Steam game. When they send out physical copies, it's just a key to download it from the Epic Store. And up until very, very recently, they actually refused to do refunds for people that, like, I don't want this Epic Store thing on my PC. I want a refund. And they're just like, no. Mm-hmm. And they've only just recently started to give refunds back. So they're they're being very heavy-handed with a lot of the things in there. So Yeah, I heard some stuff about uh, Metro Exodus, which I played on PS4, so I had no issue. I just simply put the disc in, installed it, and played it. Um, yeah. I heard that when there was like um, certain preview, because you know certain press people, whatever, get the game early, they have to have a code delivered or sent to them by email or whatever. You put that code into PC or Xbox or wherever you're going to be playing the game. And I did hear that there were some like pre-order issues and some press preview sort of issues and things like that, just because of uh, I can't remember exactly what the problem was, just because you know it didn't like affect me or whatever. And the game's been out for several months. Um, great game, by the way, and I did review it on the. On the site, uh, Metro Exodus, which I think is the last one that they're going to be doing. Um, although it ended the story fairly well. But anyway, um, yeah, I heard about there was some like awkward stuff with that. And it was entirely like Epic's fault. So, yeah, if you want to be having a store that's got like... I mean, Epic Store's doing very, very well. And because they are able to throw money at certain things like this, it's going to like continue to push them forward. But it's not always com- consumer friendly. But sometimes that doesn't always matter to the particular company so uh, I guess I'm not as mad as other people because I just don't use the epic store so it's not something that affects me on a weekly or daily basis because I just have no interaction with the platform so there's that um, how, do, do you use the epic store like much at all? Or? Uh, I've never uh, downloaded it and that actually reminded me that I fought for the longest time before I even broke down and got the steam installer <laughs> Because back in the day when I was a kid playing on PC games, there was no online in the modern sense that we think of it now. Everything had to be, you know, from a physical disc. There was no, you know, patch notes. There was no updates. The game came out, and that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for the longest time, I would just buy the physical copies and not deal with the Steam. Uh, and that was like a long, slow, drawn-out process for me to even have Steam as a default. And the only reason why I do now is just because there's not really a physical option anymore. Pretty yeah. much everything goes through Steam these days. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so that's that. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, this goes back to uh, The Division 2. Um, mm. Tim Spencer, who is the uh, game director, uh, he sent out a tweet saying, I love the idea of a single-player narrative-driven spin-off of The Division 2. Focusing on an agent trying to get home to their family after being sent to New York City during the shade blackout and the fall of D.C. Uh, none of the stories have explored what a division agent goes through or sacrifices, what they go through mentally. Mm. Uh, when you think about it, it's a pretty dark, epic uh, tragedy, and there's huge opportunity to sell, uh, to tell some incredible stories. And that's kind of the one thing that I've really been missing from the Division Two gameplay is great. Yeah, uh, the is. setup is great. The world they've built is great, and they definitely give you a lot of story in terms of the world. 
but not really from an individual's uh, perspective. And I think, you know, if they did like a, a DLC for that, that would be fascinating. I would love to see that. Yeah, I'd play that. Um, I mean, some of those things that have been mentioned, because I did see this on uh, Twitter as well. Um, of course, you do have the Netflix film coming out with Jake Gyllenhaal, and I can't remember the, the actress's name, unfortunately. Uh, but you got that coming out on Netflix, and that should... I mean, again, you've got the problem of that's going to be, what, two and a half hours maximum, and it gives you less time mm-hmm. than a TV show will do to explore those things, because those are all issues that a division agent would go through. Like, how are they doing mentally? Are they wounded? What do they think of the situation? Are they speaking to other division agents? What about their family? And then, like, the, all the other stuff that goes with that. And not just that agent, like, all the people around them and in the enemies and all those sorts of characters. Um, so we'll see how the Division film handles that on Netflix, uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal and that. Um, which we don't, I don't think we have a release date for that. I remember them just saying it's in development. Um, so either if they did do a, like, DLC thing, or I think it's probably more likely to be a DLC rather than an individual release of a game. Um, you can just have, like, what, a $20 DLC or something that has, like, a couple Mm -hmm. couple of hours of, of campaign that... That explores those sorts of things. Either you do that, or you make a TV show um, sort of thing, which is, of course, what I've been sort of wanting, uh, which we have been getting more of in the last couple of weeks. So that's been good as well. But yeah, that would be great to to explore that because kind of one of the things that, like, um, like you said, the gameplay is really, really great and stuff. I really enjoyed all the mechanics. But one of the things when I jumped into to Division Two is like, okay, I don't really know. Like, I'm doing this for is it New York, Manhattan? Where are they in the second one? In the second one, they're in DC. Okay, in DC, I like. Okay, I'm doing this for for DC and to clean it up and that. But okay, there's like not many characters who are talking about what's happening. It was just kind of go to one location, clear it out, and kind of move on to the next one, which is good. Some people like that sort of stuff, but it just didn't quite grab me in the way that I suppose it could. So, uh, yeah, what, what do you think about this? I like I said, I would love this as a story DLC, and you don't even have to play your character since it's focusing on a specific uh, division agent. They could just mm-hmm. do it as like a story DLC, to where you've already got a different character with a gear set, and just you know put them through some missions to try to you know get back home to their family. There's a lot of things that you could do with that story wise. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they could even grab Jake Gyllenhaal and say like, "Hey, now that you're in with us with this Netflix film, would you want to do like?" Some mocap and do a DLC thing. Maybe he he'd be up for that. So uh, mocap or some voiceover work. Yeah, uh, voiceover. Yeah, they could they could do something like that. So yeah, I'm excited to see what what comes from this. Ultimately, ultimately, it's up to uh, Ubisoft though. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about? Well, Xbox Live is doing another semi purge of the uh, Xbox Live accounts. Uh, starting August 30th, uh, Microsoft will close any accounts which have been inactive for two years. Uh, now, you don't have to panic uh, right away. Uh, this is only meant to call dead, duplicate, or non-active accounts. Mm-hmm. So outside of uh, just signing in, there's a simple number of ways you can refresh your account status. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can sign in, logging on either through your Xbox or through the Xbox app on your PC will count. Um, as Microsoft explained in its new inactive policy, this is uh, just about getting clearing up uh, gamer tags for people that no longer use Xbox Live. So if you maintain a subscription of any kind, it will keep your account status active. If you have an unpaid uh, balance, either unspent money from a gift card or if you're owed a credit, 
um, then your account will stay active. You don't have to worry about losing money. If you have a family account with at least one or more subscriptions, the main account will be closed as long as one of the sub-accounts is active. Um, if that account holder ages out of the sub-account minor program, so you know for parents that get a, a separate Xbox Live account for their kids that are under 13, mm-hmm. and then the kids let that lapse, then that actually will uh, delete the account. But again, it's only if it's not been active for two years. Yep. So, um, when is that? Like, just over, just under two weeks? No, uh, no it's August weeks. 30th, August so it's 30th. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just had 30 and then I saw 17 on the calendar, so that's all yeah. I kind of thought of. Um, yeah, it makes sense that they do this, this sort of stuff. Plus, it also clears out... Um, certain gamer tags that some people might have so if you've got like Robert 14 or like one Jessica 2 I'm just thinking of completely random gamer tags and then you happen to want something that's either the same or really similar that will obviously uh, clean up some of those so they do this every two years do they? Uh, no they did it once like three or four years ago mm-hmm. and now they're setting it up to do it automatically to where if your account has been inactive for two years then it will delete the account. So this is going to be a permanent thing from here on out. But like I said, if you have saved money from a gift card or unspent money from a gift card or if you're part of any subscription service, uh, then it won't delete it. So like if you put down a year's... If you haven't been on uh, Microsoft in a while, but you still got like a year left on uh, um, Xbox Live Gold because you can, you can pay that forward after three years. And what a lot of people do is they'll... Uh, you, well, like when a like when a year of Xbox Live Gold goes on sale for like thirty or forty bucks, so buy like two or three of them, mm-hmm. and then just preload that, so that'll keep that active. And it's not, like I said, it's not a bad thing. It just clears up accounts. So yeah, yep, it's a it's a decent thing to do. So and it's probably something to do with like server space and all that sort of stuff. So uh, not saying that they're limited on that, but it just kind of cleanses things. Um, anything you want to say about this? No, I mean, it's a good idea, so there's not really uh, much else to say on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. What else do you want to talk about? Well, it looks like Nintendo finally might have the slightest sort of inkling of a clue of what people want for online service. Uh, in a shareholders meeting, uh, company president Shintaro Fukuoka uh, apparently told shareholders at its 97th annual general meeting that it is looking into bringing SNES, N64, and GameCube games to its $20 a year Switch online subscription service. Not that they're going to do it, that they're just looking into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's quoted as saying, at this place we cannot tell new information about the future classic hardware, among others, but we are thinking... <coughs> me. But we are thinking about providing an extension of the online service, which is currently providing Famicom NES, software as well as other methods of providing them we also recognize that there are options wanting to there are opinions wanting to play past titles so it looks like they kind of realize that this is what people want but in true nintendo fashion they're just mm-hmm. you know quarter assing their way around it. i can't even you know give them enough credit to put in put that they're putting in the effort to actually half-ass something yeah um yeah so i'm one of those people obviously that would like to play previous Nintendo games and uh, having obviously the Switch and stuff. Um, the one kind of franchise of games that I'd want to play is because I got quite, well, when I jumped in like the second time around on Breath of the Wild, something clicked even more. Uh, I can hear your phone vibrating every 
so often. So can Sorry, you, yeah. this uh, notification popping okay. up on my phone. It's normally muted. Let me turn that off here real quick. Okay. Um, but yeah, when it, uh, yeah, me jumping back into to Breath of the Wild and stuff. Um, I sort of like when I finished that game and really enjoyed it. I thought, okay, I know that the other games aren't quite like Breath of the Wild and stuff, but I know that they're all quite critically acclaimed, and I've seen some gameplay of the other ones, and I'm quite interested. So if they could bring those games, I know that they're spread out on different platforms, like you've got 3DS ones, you've got uh, ones on the Wii U, and then some of the other ones that run different systems. Um, if you could bring some of those to the online service, I'd probably jump back in and like try some of those. Because um, in terms of like the old Mario games, like Super Mario World 3D or whatever the old ones are called, I'm, I'm just not really, and I've expressed this before, obviously, I'm not really just, I'm just not really as interested in uh, Mario games. Um, so if you could bring some of the old um, Zelda games, like Majora's Mask, uh, Wind Waker, and then you've got Link to the Past, and then you've got uh, some of the other ones, some of those sorts of games, if you, can br- if you bring those for, to the uh, online thing, I'll probably jump back in and play those, plus because there's no other way for me to play those on the Switch, so... Um, yeah, that's kind of what I want out of the online service. Because outside of Zelda and stuff, I don't know what other games, Nintendo games, I'd be interested in. But I would have to have a look through like their previous library, which I've not done, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, there's that. What, what what do you think of what Nintendo's trying to do here? Uh, this is one of those things that I really wish they would hire somebody to be the uh, the basically the internet head and get them. Not even to the 21st century. Just get them to the 20th century in terms of internet usage. Yeah. Because the fact that Nintendo Switch has been wildly successful, wildly uh, a great seller, and they still need friend codes that the, you can't just have a, a username or a gamer tag or some equivalent of that, and just add friends by a simple name search. You got to do like some screwy ass 16 character code. Mm. Um, and the internet stuff is wonky at best. Um, just they just need to really get their act together. Mm. And I would also like um, so like on, on PS4 and on Xbox, you've got YouTube and you've got. I know there's different apps over over there to what there is over here. Like you guys have Hulu and stuff, but there's no sort of like Netflix or uh, Now TV or any of those sorts of apps. And there, uh, I'd like maybe like a web browser or something as well. Like if I if I'm on my Switch. And I want to just quickly look something up, um, or do whatever. Um, that would be helpful as well, especially something like Netflix, like with YouTube being on there and that making sense to be on there, which works fairly well, by the way. I've I've used it a couple of times. Um, yeah, it'll make sense if they put some more like video apps on and stuff on there. So, um, but I know people carry around their tablets and their phones and they tend to watch video stuff on those instead of their switch but but what i mean is if, if you've already got this portable device in your hand which is capable of video and stuff put those on there as well so uh like i don't know if there's anything like license wise between netflix that hasn't made it happen or if nintendo if nintendo's just not done it it's uh unclear i suppose so um yeah i'm excited to see what they do with it though and there's some other nintendo stuff we'll be talking about here in a bit so we'll see um what else do you want to talk about Oh, well, the last thing I have to talk about is the uh, retro console market it never ceases to stop and never ceases to amaze me. Uh, the TurboGrafx-16 mini console, which was, I believe, like, it was just after the NES, but I forget if it was after the SNES or before, but it was basically a mid-'80s console. Um, it had to be the SNES era because it was 16-bit. Uh, they 
got their final list of games out, and uh, pre-order, pre-orders are up through Amazon. Uh, so if you played it back in the day, if you're my age, or if you're just generally curious in terms of the history of video games and the evolution, uh, you can pre-order it on Amazon right now for $100 US, with a listed ship date of March 19th, 2020. Uh, there's a whole slew of games. There's actually 50 games. Um, some are going to be in Japanese only, so I don't know what the localization is for all of them. Uh, probably the most notable ones are uh, R-Type, which was a racer game, uh, Ninja Spirit, which was a great platformer, Bonk's Revenge, which was really kind of a bizarre uh, premise because it was a slight side-scroller, uh, but you fought enemies by headbutting them, and your head was like four times the size of your body, so it was really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the, the most notable game, especially if you're into game history, is Snatcher, which was a Hideo Kojima's cyberpunk game. Um, the game was eventually localized and ported to the Sega CD, so that tells you how old it is. But that game was a commercial failure um, and never really had a mass sale and has a very high price in the retro market. So if you're a collector, if you happen to go... I don't know, are garage sales a thing in the UK? Yeah, but I, I think we call them something different and do them slightly differently, but they do similar things over here. So Yeah, so if you ever are wandering through one of those sales and you happen to see a Sega CD of uh, Snatcher, grab it, because it is it has a very nice return of investment on that. Cool. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's, uh, Amazon, it's uh, on Amazon, so you can pre-order it there. And it's actually exclusively through Amazon, so you can only order it there. And if you're a Kojima fan and want to play like some of his early, early, early stuff, you know that would be the game to play. And it's only 100 bucks, so it's not that expensive. I mean, I really doubt it'll get the uh, the Sega, you know, the uh, PS1 classic treatment and be 20 bucks, you know, six months later. Uh, but still, I mean, it's always it, it's something there. It's I I don't personally see the market, but then again, you know, it was not a console I owned. So I don't have the nostalgia factor for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, me neither. Um, the only sort of one I had the nostalgia thing was with the um, PlayStation Classic, which I guess if you get a USB, you can just turn it into the system it was supposed to be. But, um, I mean, there was Metal Gear Solid on there, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, and there was Jumping Flash, which was which was fairly decent. Um, I played a little bit of the snowboarding game, which was kind of decent. played a little bit of um, Intelligence Cube. Which was kind of good, and um, I'd already played A before, so I didn't touch that. And then there was things like Tekken, um, which I wasn't interested in, just because I'm not like a fighting guy person, unless it's DC, Injustice, or whatever. Uh, and then there was um, what was the other game called on there that I had look? Oh yeah, the um, uh, what's that third-person shooting game that I can't think of the name of? Um, Siphon Cyph- Filter, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was that on there, which was which was pretty good. So, um, but yeah, I, I keep hearing some people talk about like, would Sony do a PlayStation Classic two? I think what they need to do first is redo the PlayStation Classic. But I don't, I don't think Sony is gonna attempt that kind of thing again. So just because of how badly things went down, but um, with how easily that console seemed to be like ha- hacked and stuff, it seems like they sort of set it out there for it to be used in that way so I don't know because apparently the is it the NES classic or the SNES classic is like really really good it uh, um, was basically what it was supposed to be 
and the PlayStation Classic wasn't. So, um, in terms of this other thing, I don't really have any other thoughts. But yeah, obviously, nostalgia gaming is a is a good thing. So, there's that. Um, yeah, I pulled up the information on it. The, the, this is what confused me so much. It was released in Japan in October 1987, but it didn't make its way to the U.S. until October 1989. Okay. So there was a big two-year difference there. And I popped up on eBay real quick just to look at the Sega CD Snatcher. Uh, the games are, you know, vary between two and eight hundred dollars. Uh, the eight hundred dollar ones, apparently, there was a light gun controller that came with it called the Justifier. And uh, those those are going for like seven eight hundred dollars. So wow, that's a lot of money for oh, a yeah. controller. So cool. Um, what else do you want to talk about? That's all I had. Cool. Uh, we've got a couple of things here, uh, two of which I'll need to look at my phone for because that's where I've got the articles. So let me slowly open that. Uh, the Nintendo Switch. So last week we discussed uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite. Uh, I've actually pulled up the wrong article, so I'll just scroll down and open the other one that I've got. Uh, so yeah, last week we discussed the Nintendo Switch Lite, um, which was of course a lighter, cheaper version of the Switch with better battery life and stuff. Um, I think I've lost the link that I've got here. But basically what Nintendo's doing now is they're going to have uh, the it's sort of like the original version of the Switch, so like the one that I've got or whatever. Um, and they're going to basically, uh, re-release that, but with a, like a nine hour battery life or up to nine hours, um, that they've got. I'm sure this is the article that I had, because I had an article from IGN which explained this, but this says about the Nintendo Switch Lite. Um, yeah, it, it, I've, that's the only one I've got is the, uh, article on the Nintendo Switch Lite, but yeah, this is going to be basically a, just a normal Nintendo Switch with, uh, like, a different battery or something, they didn't, um, when I did read the article earlier, it didn't discuss any, like, price or anything, it said it would be coming later in the year, and that basically it will be what I've just described, which is the Nintendo Switch with, uh, a better battery life. Um, this again isn't quite what you wanted, what you've always kind of asked for is basically the Switch, but with better controllers like better joy cons which is what i agreed with and again i did the uh the episode episode on that a couple of weeks ago um but yeah what do you think of the nintendo switch getting basically a re-release because they haven't discussed with the model of it uh if that's going to be different because of course last week with the switch Lite, they said that was going to be lighter and the joy cons were going to be integrated with the system basically it seems like this new version of the switch is going to be yeah exactly the same as the old one but with uh improved battery life so um what do you think of that yeah i mean improvements are always a good thing so it's just uh you know obviously hopefully at least it won't have a, a cost difference mm-hmm. um and you know improved battery life is always better for everybody else so there's no real harm in that so yeah i saw some people saying like um with the the, the amazon sale they've got going on that a lot of people bought switches then and like a couple of days later they because wasn't it the 15th and the 16th the uh yeah, it was yesterday uh, and the day before. Yeah, so for Nintendo to, after those two days, I mean, they're not, like, partnering with Amazon or anything like that, but for them to, after the two days of that, where a lot of people probably bought Switches because they might have been on sale and stuff, to then announce that there's going to be, like, the same model but uh, better battery life. Because the, the Switch Lite, to me, is a bit of a different thing where it's like, okay, not only have we made this thing lighter and you can't dock it and it's more handheld appropriate, it's like much more different to this re-release of of the previous model. So, um, again, this isn't something I particularly need. 
Um, I've never really had an issue with the the battery life, but I've never really been on any like particularly long trips with the Switch. Um, I remember when I went on a long trip with the family that was like three hours long or so, but that happened to be like a couple of months actually before I got the Switch. So I guess that trip would have like tested the battery life, but um, I've used it in handheld obviously a lot of times before and battery life seems good to me but i do understand that a lot of people um that like travel and stuff and they get on planes they're gonna need more battery life and stuff so this will probably suit those people but that's not uh that's not me so uh, i'm still happy with the switch that i've got and i'm looking forward to looking forward to some of the games they got coming out um which is actually a decent segue into the next thing we got which is uh luigi's mentioned which is a game i've expressed interest in playing which to me basically looks like luigi is a ghostbuster because he's sort of got one of the is it a proton pack they call it in uh yeah ghostbusters yeah he's sort of got a thing like that where he's pulling ghosts and and things like that with this light based device that he's got um but yeah luigi's mansion is going to be coming out on october 31st which is of course halloween very appropriate for a uh family friendly horror game well not really horror but spooky i suppose is what they would probably call it um yeah, I'm excited to see what this is like. I never played, obviously, the version on... Would it have been on the 3DS? It probably would have been on the... the it was a GameCube game. GameCube. I think that there was another version on the 3DS or something as well. It might have been uh, like a later, later release, but... Uh, I never got to play the original, and this just looks like something that might be fairly interesting. But yeah, they announced... Because obviously when they talked about it at um, E3, they did, like, reshow gameplay, and they said coming out later this year, but... They didn't have the October date, which is what they announced today. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what it's like, and it'll be coming out soon. But that, yeah, segueing back into what I was going to be talking about, which is you've got Marvel Alliance 3, which is going to be this Friday. And then they've got um, Astral Chain coming out on the 30th of August. And then like you've got um, Link's Awakening, I think, on the 11th of September or the 10th. And then, like, on the 12th of September, I think they've got Dra- Dragon Age 11, the one that you've been playing. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Dragon Age 11 coming out on the Switch. And then after that, they've got, of course, Luigi's Mansion with probably some other games in there as well. Um, so, yeah, a good couple of months for the Switch. Um, is there anything in there that sort of stands out to you? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of games on the Switch that I would like to play. I'm just not in a position right now to really buy a whole new console mm-hmm. just to buy a pro controller because I can't really use the portable <laughs> controllers Yeah, uh, just to play a game on it. So, I mean, maybe sometime in the future I might, but you never know. Mm-hmm. What's the one game that's, like, sticking out to you at the moment that you'd probably get? Uh, Link's Awakening, just because I remember playing that game when, okay. when it was an NES original. So it was, like, in bad green-on-green graphics. <laughs> I really like to experience it in something visually appealing. Cool, nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what that's like. So, which is looks very different to Breath of the Wild. So I'm interested to see what the actual gameplay is like. Because um, I liked Breath of the Wild quite a bit, and um, I'm curious to see what all the different versions of of Zelda look like. So, yeah, that's Luigi's Mansion on the thirty 31st of October. Uh, moving over to an article I do have the link for. Let me just unlock my phone again. Uh, Warhammer 40,000. Are you familiar with the video game series? Uh, the video game, a little bit. I'm very familiar with the miniature uh, series. Because I used to play that a lot when I was in college. I was very, very deep into the Warhammer 40k uh, miniature game. 
Cool. Um, well, following in the footsteps of what we had for, what, like a couple of weeks now? With, like, the Cuphead show and uh, some others that got announced recently. Obviously, The Witcher's coming soon as well. Uh, what I'm, of course, talking about is another video game to TV adaption. Uh, this is from Geek Town, of course, out from our co-host here, David, uh, on Geek Town, who um, co-hosts on, like, The Walking Dead and a whole bunch of other shows that we've done. Uh, and, of course, did the podcast a few weeks ago with Robert for uh, American Gods. Go and check that out as well. No, um, for uh, not American Gods. Oh, no. Yeah, for um, Good Omens. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for Good Omens, go and check that out as well. Uh, but, yeah, it says here, Frank... Uh, Botnitz uh, and Game Workshop team up for um, Einshorn uh, live action Warhammer 40,000 or 40k TV series. Um, so I'll read out just like a few things. Obviously, you can go and read out the whole article on Geek Town. I'll also post a link in the show notes. In, hu- in a huge announcement for Warhammer fans, uh, Games Workshop and Big Light Productions have revealed they are developing. Eisenhorn, I think that's what it actually says here, Eisenhorn, it's E-I-S-E-N-H-O-R-N, Eisenhorn, I think, uh, a live action sci-fi fantasy series based on the wildly popular Warhammer 40k uh, game series, miniatures and novels. Uh, the Man in the High Castles, uh, Frank uh, Spotnitz, I think that's how you say his name, uh, will act as both um, showrunner and executive producer um, on the series. I don't think it says here where it's going to end up. No, I don't think there's like a network announced yet. So, um, yeah, there's more stuff in the article, but you can, of course, read that on geektown.co.uk. Yeah, what do you think of Warhammer 40k getting a uh, TV series adaption? Well, it's definitely interesting. Um, It's something that can work in terms of a TV adaptation. It's just, it's re- going to require so much CGI um, because of the, it depends on which faction they decide to take on. Okay. Because some of the factions are going to be very visually um, heavy CGI. It's kind of, it almost is all on a level of uh, um, like a Marvel movie, like an Endgame or Infinity War, just because. Oh. The, the visual look is so unique and so different that uh, it, it's going to require that amount of work. Because you can do some of it with like prosthetics and practical effects, but it's it would be very difficult. Yeah. It would be interesting to see who picks us up if it sounds like quite a budget-heavy sort of thing. I mean, in terms of the vi- video game to TV adaptions we got recently, this is something I'm probably like the least familiar with in terms of all the ones that have been announced recently. Um, I don't know very much about the game series or anything um obviously you've, you've just explained a few things um i've seen like bits and pieces of the gameplay but um again i'm interested to see how this will adapt to tv and it will have uh, my support as well where, where would you say this would need to end up like on amazon or like a hbo netflix sort of thing or that kind of place something like that i mean i can't specifically say amazon or hulu or anything like that because right that's one of those that would have to depend on on uh, partnerships with everybody and things like of that nature. So, cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. It sounds to me as well from what you said that this might not work on like network TV. So it couldn't be on. No, like, it's it's yeah. super violent and super bloody. It would never make it to network. At least not here in the states. It would never make it to network TV. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be on like the CW or ABC or I mean it could kind of be on ABC because they did some 
done some stuff in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the last couple of seasons, but it, I think it will probably be more suited for like a streaming service type of thing. It, so. This would be the equivalent of trying to make a TV-friendly Game of Thrones. <laughs> Alright, fair enough, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see who picks it up, because again, I didn't see in the Geek Town article who picked it up. So, yeah, that will be arriving sometime. Uh, they've only just announced it, so... That's that, and that's all the news that we've got this week. A um, couple of bits and pieces, so interesting week. But we will finish off with an email here, which is again talking about the next generation of video games, which I like to discuss. So, uh, Lucas says, hey fellas, if Xbox has more exclusives and Sony has more backwards compa- compatibility next gen, so if they both improve on what they are uh, both currently lacking, who do you think wins? So, we've discussed before, like, okay, Sony's got the exclusives, but they don't have any reasonable way to play ps1 2 or 3 games whereas xbox doesn't have quite the exclusives that sony does but they do have of course well they got a whole program integrated with uh backwards compatibility which is called games of gold they have you know their 360 games on there which are backwards backwards compatible and uh, every now and then you get an xbox game on there like an xbox original and of course with game pass you can get all three of those generations on the system so they've got that figured out uh at this point and um yeah so like let's say all these studios that microsoft have acquired come out and they they put out some good games and um you know sony figures out how to do some more backwards compatibility um who do you see kind of coming out on top i suppose uh if those two people figure those things out basically i would have to go with microsoft just well for two reasons one, they've already got the backwards compatibility thing down on lock. Mm-hmm. So Sony has to do a whole, whole lot to get even a fraction of what Microsoft already can do. I mean, we can kind of get PS1 games on PS4. We can kind of sort of get them on for PS2. Not a chance of them getting on PS3. Uh, even getting to the PS5, it's just the processor architecture for the PS3 was so different, that's going to hamper so much of that. And then two, Microsoft already owns a whole bunch of studios. Yeah. Now, having said that, they tend not to make those exclu- those studios do Microsoft exclusives. When you think about it, how many years ago did they buy uh, Mojang Studio and get the Minecraft properties, and you could still play Minecraft on your PS4 and Nintendo Switch? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously... That game works perfectly well on the Switch. It's a, a great, uh, great title for a little Switch. Um, but you can still do it on PS4. I mean, they could have easily said, "We own this now. No more updates," and just not do any updates for the PS4 or even mm-hmm. let it be sold yeah. on the PS4 anymore. But you can still buy it. Yeah, you can still buy it and play it. And there's like loads of different skins and stuff already on the game. But I see what you mean. If they stopped like updating it and didn't put out the new versions on PS4. Um, I really think it just depends. Like, So let's say they, they, they both figure out what they're not doing at the moment. And Microsoft has taken steps to push forward what they're not doing at the moment with the exclusives. Because they have bought the studios. Whereas Sony hasn't. But they've already got those. But they haven't announced at least anything in place to help with the backwards compatibility. I know that they've said that the PSVR games and PS4 games will be playable on PS5, but they haven't said anything about 1, 2, and 3. Um, 
I really think it just depends on... Okay, so Ninja Theory is going to come out with some stuff. Obsidian is going to come out with some stuff. But will those games be good? It all. I think it all depends specifically on all these new studios that they've acquired. And if those games will be any good. Because you look at like um, recent releases. Things like uh, Sea of Thieves and Crackdown. Sure, some of you guys might enjoy those those games. But they haven't been critically um, like very well received. And... It just depends on the studio that studios that they've got if they can make um, a Horizon Zero Dawn, a God of War, a Spider-Man type of game. Obviously, they're not going to make those properties of games, but those sorts of games that get nominated for Game of the Year, things like God of War and Spider-Man, um, that got nominated um, last year. Those sorts of things, and I know that like Sea of Thieves probably gets nominated for like multiplayer game and things like that, but. Um, it's just going to depend on what those studios come out with. I think that will determine. Um, those sorts of things. Although, if you're if you're like getting into gaming and then the P and then the Scarlet and the PS5 come out, I think it's just going to depend on like, okay, do you like Uncharted and Last of Us and God of War and Spider Man? If you don't and you prefer Halo, Gears, Forza, uh, or In the Blind Forest, you're probably going to go with Xbox just because they have the IP that you care about more. Because why would you buy a, a why would you buy a system with IP that you don't like really care about? So. Um, yeah, because that's kind of one of the things I sort of realised is like, okay, I like Halo and Gears and stuff, but I really like Last of Us and Uncharted and Horizon and God of War and Spider-Man and all those sorts of things, so that caused me to get a PS4, um, just because I saw like, hey, Sony's coming out with a lot of really cool IP and I want to be playing some of those things, so I got the PS4 obviously. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to come down to, to the catalogue, because if they both sort out both their problems and they don't have those anymore... Um, it's just going to depend on the catalogue and also the frequency uh, of things released. I think going forward with the Scarlet and the PS5, you're going to get, what, three exclusives a year? You'll probably get some, like, third-party and second-party exclusives. But I think of the big core Last of Us, Uncharted, and then, like, uh, Gears, Forza, Halo, those sorts of things, I think you'll get three of those core games per year. Um, how do you think things might go moving forward with, like, schedules of uh, exclusive releases? It's always hard telling because you try mm -hmm. to set up to a schedule and then, you Things know, something delayed. barely, yeah. yeah, it gets delayed, which I, I never mind a delay as long as, you know, the delay is for a reason. Um, you know, if they're delaying just to do, uh, you know, get it out of a busy schedule, I'm okay with that. If they're delaying it uh, to do improvements, I'm okay with that. It's actually more of when they, uh, you know, force the game out just to match, meet their schedule, and then uh, the game is so broken that it's unplayable. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah, like like so many people in this in this industry have said, you can only launch a game once. So, uh, mm -hmm. there's that. But yeah, I I think you will end up basically getting one game in maybe January or February. From I'm talking about from PS4 and from Xbox or from PS5 and Scarlet rather. I think you'll get one game in like the spring, so like if it's February, March ish, and then you'll get a game in like well, August, September ish, so that sort of like Spider Man slot, and then maybe you'll get a game in like October, November, or or somewhere else in, in between there. So maybe like a spring, summer, fall, or like early sort of September ish you could get, because I've like if you look at Q1 2020, there's a lot of games coming out in that like February, March type of slot, which has seemed to be like favored for a lot of developers and stuff so i think that's how things are going to go going forward so yeah i think we answered your question there lucas uh if you guys have any 
uh, questions, thoughts, comments, questions, any of that sort of stuff. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's the contact page and there's information in your show notes. And not just for Gaming Talk, of course, we have a whole bunch of other shows as well, which you can send in those questions to, or feedback, any of that sort of stuff. That's it. That's what we've got for you for this episode of Gaming Talk. We will be recording, well, after we finish this, an episode for iZombie, which will be for 510 season 5 episode 10 uh, let's look out for that after and then we're hoping to do a part 2 for uh, a Spider-Man podcast because I of course I already did uh, the part 1 review which was just me talking about the film uh, so look out for those later today as well but thanks, thank you all for listening you can find all the content on entertainmenttalk.org if you want to support the podcast support Entertainment Talk we're on Patreon we also have an Amazon affiliate link uh, we also have iTunes feeds please rate, review and subscribe to those subscribe to get new episodes and uh, please rate and review the feed as well if you don't review the feed you can simply rate it so there's that as well um, yeah what else is there uh, word of mouth please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds Facebook share them on there ret- uh, retweet them on Twitter put them in different groups if you're allowed to Video games, if you want to watch me, Robert, or David play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch. Robert streams on Mixer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.